For false Christs and false prophets shall rise, and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take ye heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. What you just heard was one of two New Testament verses that conclude the 1979 book People's Temple, People's Tomb by Phil Kearns. Welcome back to Stop Reading That. Today we are going to take a trip all the way back to the 1970s. And the item that I have today is the aforementioned People's Temple, People's Tomb by Phil Kearns which is a book about the mass suicide slash mass murder that happened in Jonestown, Guyana in 1978, written by a former member of the cult who was brought into the cult by his mother. And then later the mother and his sister would move down to Guyana with the cult and die in the incident. Now, I think what happened in Jonestown is pretty well known, but I'll give a quick recap. On November 18, 1978, a delegation led by Congressman Leo Ryan that included members of the media was ambushed in Guyana while leaving the People's Temple compound, and Ryan and five others were killed. Later that day, Jim Jones ordered his followers to line up and drink Kool-Aid laced with cyanide. And 912 followers of Jones died, many of whom were murdered, by the way. And this book, People's Temple, People's Tomb, is something of Kearns' autobiography told within the broader context of the People's Temple. So the book is sort of his narrative of winding up in the cult, escaping it, and then trying to get his mother and sister out of it um, after converting to Christianity. But wrapped within a shell of sort of how the People's Temple came to be, how they wound up in Guyana, and how all of this kind of happened. In fact, the book begins on November 18, 1978, when news had gotten back to the United States that Congressman Ryan's delegation had been ambushed and Ryan and a few others were dead. And Kearns is frantically calling the FBI, the State Department, the White House, various departments in California, which is where the People's Temple had originally been sort of stationed before they moved to Guyana. And Kearns talks about just getting shuffled off from agency to agency and being hung up on and give, getting the runaround. And as we all know by now, he was ultimately unsuccessful. But he had known full well that the People's Temple and Jim Jones had a suicide pact in mind. And that that was sort of the final plan of the cult. 
In fact, I'll read you the part where he first meets up with the People's Temple and uh, sees Jim Jones. It says, and remember, he was about 17 at the time at this, at this point. Uh, we walked over to the cage. Jo Jones looked up and smiled. He had jet black hair, the blackest I had ever seen. His face had an olive complexion with deep dark eyes. It was one of the most handsome faces I had ever seen. Jones gently stroked the back of the horse and then hugged the animal's neck. He walked over to the chickens and reached out and touched them. They stood quietly, not even moving as he approached. I said nothing, but it was clear that the animals were very much relaxed around him, even attracted by him. It was magical and strange. He opened the gate and the animals followed him out. People crowded around, especially the children. They touched him or stumbled along, pulling at his arms. He walked easily and smoothly throughout the crowd. Where's he going? I asked. That's where he lives, Carol said, pointing to a two-story house behind the church. The horse and chickens plodded along with the people, following the man with the jet black hair. It looked stupid, and yet it was so remarkable, so uncanny. Something that only happened on Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons. See, Carol said, even the animals loved him. Carol, I said, I just don't understand. Oh, you will, Ruth promised. We picked up our little cups of Kool-Aid and sat down. We talked for another 15 minutes. So, as you can see from a point very early in the story, Jim Jones did little things in order to train people. It was already sort of in their ritual when they were around him to line up and get cups of Kool-Aid. And something as innocuous as that would lead eventually into suicide drills and then into the real thing. One of the smart things that Kearns does in this book is he talks about how Jim Jones was brought up and, you know, how his father died young. And he talks about things that people said about Jones when he was very young. And it talks about him getting involved in the ministry and how he passed through sort of the Pentecostal Fellowship and the Assemblies of God both of which, in my own experience, tend to attract people who are pretty lost. And he goes into Jones's obvious gifts. The man was obviously very charismatic, as you can hear just from the description. And Kearns talks about the things that got Jones in trouble, and some of the more obvious problems that he had as a man but he doesn't come to any real conclusions as to whether Jones was always this evil, demented Pied Piper or whether he had started out with good intentions that eventually went awry. And I think that that is a strength of the book in just presenting the general facts about the man because it's very easy to armchair psychologize about somebody like Jim Jones. But I think that it would be next to impossible to know the absolute truth about the guy. And Kearns himself wasn't really in the group for a very long time. He would eventually quite literally run away from it. And he went off and got married and joined the military and 
came out and then eventually uh, stayed with one of his older older sisters who lived in sort of a Jesus movement house. Because remember, all of this takes place in the broader context of the uh, sort of remnants of the 60s counterculture. And then Kearns would later try to get his mother and sister out of the People's Temple, as I mentioned, unsuccessfully. Now, the book is about 250 pages. It also has two appendices that I don't really add into the page count. I read almost the whole thing in one sitting. It's a very fast read. It's pretty easy. I do think that since 40 years have elapsed since the incident at Jonestown, there are probably better books out there on the subject. But People's Temple, People's Tomb has a sort of immediacy to it, not only because it was written very shortly after the incident, but also because the author was so intimately involved with the subject matter. As far as the review goes, uh, People's Temple, People's Tomb would obviously appeal to anybody who's interested in the Jonestown mass suicide, not to mention people who just have an interest in cults in general. I think it would also be of interest to anybody who has an interest in mass movements, mass psychology, things along those lines. If you're interested in sort of the aftermath of the 60s counterculture, uh, this is definitely a good story to read because there were a lot of people running around in those years that were just looking for something bigger and didn't know where to turn. Finally, I think anybody who is interested in Christian conversion narratives might want to give this one a look. I know that Jim Jones is sort of credited as being Christian, but he seems to have been far more interested in Karl Marx than Jesus Christ. So read that how you will. And uh, Kearns obviously gives a conversion narrative in this book. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. This is the second book. I know I've taken a detour lately as far as the fanzines were going. I have more of them lined up. Uh, let me know which you prefer. If you want to hear more books or you want to hear more about fanzines, I can do both or either. Make sure whether you follow this on BitChute, whether you follow it on the podcast networks, whether you follow it on YouTube, uh, give me a subscribe. I haven't been doing as many of these lately just because I've been otherwise busy. But anyway, so I hope you enjoyed this and I will be talking to you very soon. All right, happy Friday, everyone, and goodbye.